Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the PBSC Podcast. I'm Steve Moore, here with Mark Castleman. It's good to be with you guys today. Uh, today's podcast is a, is a good one. It's a topic we haven't talked about probably in at least a month or two. Um, but, uh, <laughs> at least a month or two. <laughs> at least a month or two. You can tell there are a lot of similar issues with this. But uh, but no, it's one we're happy to address. And it actually comes from, uh, from one of our listeners from last week. So we so appreciate this uh, spouse writing into us, spouse of an addict. Uh, so there were basically the long story short, just some background information is uh, they have been married for some time, roughly about 15 years, roughly about two years ago, even though even though there have been kind of variations in their in the sexual interest in the relationship and some other warning signs about two years ago, uh, the spouse kind of concretely discovered the extent of some of his acting out behaviors with pornography and other and other forms of acting out and uh and and that kind of became a reality for her. And she's been working on her own stuff as well as trying to work on her marriage ever since. Um, and, and a big piece of this uh, pattern for him has been a lot of lying and deception as well, as is the case, you know, for a lot of addicts. Uh, as you know, we, we oftentimes do a lot of running and a lot of deceiving in order to cover up the shame and the hurt and all the other stuff with this. And then the second paragraph, we'll actually go ahead and quote, and this is kind of where we'll start today. My husband is a wonderful man, but I have I have the gut feeling he's been lying to me. He goes in spurts and where he is very aggressive sexually, says words jokingly like, we're going to take that out, just fill it in with that, whatever demeaning sexual vernacular you want to include there, or other inappropriate sexual words to me. This is also focusing on sexual acts that I know he enjoyed watching, meaning pornography. I become very offended. Then I feel like that dies down for a period of time. Is this a clue? that when he uh, of when he is acting out versus not i have stopped checking his phone spying on him or really even asking everywhere that i have read about porn news tells me there is no way he stopped without support or help is this true what are the other telltale signs that he is using again i wish he would do a podcast that specifically focused on these signs that a wife can look for without him wanting to get help or even being honest with me there is no way for us to really move forward i feel really stuck and alone Oh, it's a hard one. Yeah, that's a, it's such a, it's such a big topic. You know, we'll try to, we'll try to do it the best we can. 
Um, so let's, you know, let's just jump right into it because Steve and I can tell you from our own personal experience when we were in our heavy addiction years that we as, you know, addicts, we go to great lengths to keep our behaviors hidden. Uh, we try to throw people off the track. Uh, yes. There's all sorts of gaslighting that goes on where we try to convince our spouse that, you know, she's the crazy one. Um, and I was especially, I don't even like the word to use. Uh, I was going to use the word good. I was especially good at this. I was spe- especially uh, effective at this, adept. Mm, yeah. I was the great stealthy addict. Or man, I would the lengths I went to to cover my tracks. I can't begin to describe to you. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't want to give any listeners ideas about yeah. how to cover yeah. their tracks. So I won't tell you how I did that. But so true. I, I discovery to me was worse than dying. Absolutely. I must not be discovered at any cost. Period. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, this this dear lady that wrote into us, man. I, you know, my wife could relate to that. So many that I work with, when you've got a, you've got a partner or husband <clears throat> that's doing everything he can to hide and cover his tracks, it just gets insane. Life just gets insane. Absolutely. But how, and, and it's impossible if someone refuses to be honest and transparent and authentic, is there some magical foolproof formula that you can use to, to determine if he's using or not? There really isn't. Yeah. And that's the really frustrating part. We can't give you any guaranteed method to tell you whether he's current he's currently active in his addiction or he isn't. Yes. But we can at least give you some, you know, some some signs, some some you know, road posts along the way that that at least can can, can give you an idea if, you know, if there's some strong possibilities about that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to lot 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 in this uh, this message, and and I know our podcast podcasts are brief, and so we're gonna just as always we're gonna be we're gonna be kind of skimming the surface with this, but we do want to give a starting point. Um, as many of you know who are longtime listeners, we do have a program that we've been running for some time now uh, called Dare to Connect, where we do go in depth with these issues with addicts, spouses, and couples with three support sessions every single week that are well. They're supposed to be half an hour there. These days they're running more like 40 <laughs> minutes every time because we, we just love to blab and talk, but um, really great support system there. Really good network of people in, in the chat window in the log. We do a lot of interacting with the audience and would invite you guys to take a look at that at daretoconnectnow.com. Um, but yeah, let's jump kind of into this and break these questions down, Mark, if that's okay. We've got kind of, kind of three main uh, questions that we that we asked here, and we'll kind of break these down and, and work through um, one by one. Uh, the first one, uh, really, what uh, one thing that this listener is asking is: Is pornified, I call it, you know, or objectified language and behavior in a marriage an indication he is still acting out? Right, using really crass language. Uh, oftentimes, that can involve other things like sexually violent behavior, or aggressive behavior, more so than a partner is comfortable with. Right, uh, are those things an indication of if he is still acting out? Well, I can tell, so I can, I'll just go cut straight to my addiction experience. I can tell you this absolutely was a definite um, sign that I was acting out again. Yeah. So my language would change. I would start to become more, uh, what's the word, more dicey, more, uh, you know, more crass in my language Mm -hmm. with my wife. Uh, Sexual humor would start to enter into my vocabulary where I would make jokes yeah. Uh, and stuff that I was seeing in pornography, I would bring it into the bedroom. 
and, you know, things that I would sort of, uh, I like to say, coerce or manipulate my wife into engaging in, I would seek to do that. Yeah. I would never, I would never demand it or get violent or, you know, force her, but I would try all these little subtle, tricky ways of it, frankly, emotionally manipulating her in the moment in the quote romantic moment in order to take her down a track that mm-hmm. I wanted to go because of the influence I had invited into my life through pornography. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There were a few times with me as well where I, I, I never, I never coerced and I never forced and I'm, I'm grateful to be able to say that, but there was definitely unspoken pressure mm-hmm. um, for sure. And I think another thing that I, I noticed with, with my behavior was that my, my desire for sex would go way up as well. Yes. In other words, I'd be satisfied less after sex. Like yes. I, I'd want to come back to it quicker. If that makes sense. It yep. became kind of compulsive. And the other thing that was a big um, sign to my wife is if, if I made a bid for sex and she was either tired or the timing wasn't right or whatever, and she would say, you know, can we do that tomorrow? Then I, my, my reaction yes. would be really severe, uh-huh. moody, pouty, um, you know, kind of acting like a, a, a rejected little kid or teenager, just a reactiveness that was not in line with the situation. Yeah, real neediness around sex in yes. general, and yep. anger, a resentment, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I, 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 you know, she, I didn't get it when I wanted it. Totally, Another big sign for me. Yeah, so those are all definitely, and we want to make it clear as we talk about the rest of these here too, guys. None of these is a as a clear pointing should be looked at as a ah he's an addict or ah he's acting out again, right? No, no and that's the challenge. None of these yeah. are guaranteed. There, there are a lot of things that we look to, and, and unfortunately, but we know that a lot of wives find themselves in this position, which is why we're talking about this today, because oftentimes when you're dealing with a spouse where there isn't consistent honesty, right, where there's a lot of gaslighting, a lot of manipulation, the topic becomes persona non grata, where they just refuse to talk about it, we're kind of left to our own devices. So when you're making conclusions about this stuff, really, it is a kind of a mix of a gut feeling, you making sure you have a good support system, and then incorporating all of these different things right into a whole and kind of making judgment calls from from there, I guess you could say. Right. Um, but regardless of whether or not that the acting out is going on, we, I will, we will say this, um, sexually pressuring behavior, um, pushing a partner to do things that are uncomfortable, um, trying to guilt trip or manipulate a spouse into sex, whatever you may call that, it's, I really don't care what anyone calls it. It is not love and it's not healthy. Um, if we're talking about healthy versus toxic sex for two seconds, which is kind of what we are, right? There, There's some clear evidence that if that ongoing kind of pornified behavior is going on, does that mean he's acting out? Not necessarily, but whether or not he's acting out, it definitely is a clear sign that there's still some really warped and healthy views about sex going on, right? Yeah, and I'm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even pile on to that. Not only is it not appropriate, not loving, not gentle or kind, it's also immature sure. and it's abusive. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah, just get Ron real about it. And I, you know, I can talk about, I can use all of those uh, descriptions or adjectives for myself, uh, you know, in, in years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, guys, if you're listening, I'm not trying to get down on you and, you know, kick your butt, but a lot of things in our sexualized culture are modeled to us as we grow up, as we go through our teen and college years that quite frankly are horribly um, unhealthy and destructive. 
Yes. Just because the culture says they're the norm does not make them healthy and loving and connecting. Mm-hmm. So there may be cases where we're not acting out, but we do need to adjust our attitudes and our approaches to healthy sexual intimacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We'll, we'll go on here with the next question. So two or three, can someone stop without help? Mm. Uh, it's a great, it's a great question. And we actually get this one quite a, quite a, quite a bit. Um, if you're going to have a conversation about this, you have to recognize a couple of things. And the first one, the most important, as we say often on here is that sobriety is not the same thing as recovery. Um, they are not, they're not in one is not necessarily indicative of the other. Uh, good long-term recovery, I, you can make the argument will always involve sobriety, but I speaking as a, you know, a guy, you know, who, who lived this life once upon a time. I mean, I, I think that as I often tell clients, if, if the caliber of the gun to one's head, meaning the pressure, right, the external pressure is big enough or great enough. I mean, I, I, I would go for long periods of time without acting out. I've worked with men who have gone months and sometimes in some cases years, without acting out, you know, they'll be sober from their addiction, but it's coming from a place of being compelled and pushed, not from a place of actual true real change or what we call, you know, real recovery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and here's another point to consider. You may have a guy because you've put so much external pressure on him, right? You do this one more time. I'm divorcing you. I'm leaving. It's we're done. He may go into what we call white knuckling and be sober, but he's miserable to live with. Uh-huh. Because because uh, an addict who's white knuckling it and denying <laughs> himself of his outlet but not doing healthy recovery or healthy living work, he could be a pr- pretty miserable dude to be around. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so true. Gosh. Where are wives? They could we wish we could poke their heads in from the hallway and I know, right? That. Yeah. Amen, right? Yeah, let me and- tell you about the sober mark who was not in recovery. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yep. Gosh. Yep. I I think more than one wife out there has said, "Geez, just go back to the porn." Holy crap! Like that's obviously not in a long term perspective, but I think in the moment we can be. We're addicts without new coping skills. That's 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 a rough thing to live with. Very rough. Um. So yeah. So that that would I guess that's the long and short of it. And could somebody in find recovery with without external help? I mean, in theory, I think that's probably possible. I've seen I, some. I've seen some rare cases. I you mean, know? if you if you ask me over the last twenty plus years of professional experience, boy, I could easily count them on one hand, maybe just yeah. on a couple of fingers. Yeah, and I've had I I've I've run across the occasional. You know, I call them kind of the the the, the white rabbit, so to speak. You know, where for whatever reason, you know, they come in and I see them for five sessions, and you know, they just quit cold turkey after thirty years and. Yeah. They don't go back. Now, yeah. how much how truthful that is or how long that holds, I don't know. I was never one of those guys, and they always make me kind of jealous because that never happened for yeah. me. But, but, it's, but pretty, I, it's very rare. It is. But we will say this. Regardless, long-term recovery does take long-term change. What we know about how the brain works and how you know neurobiological change happens, is it's not an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. If you've got a guy who has decades of you know ingrained you know, neural connections between addiction, triggers, all the different elements of, of the process. That just cure, curing itself, I think, is very unlikely. Could yeah. I go to Vegas this weekend and win it big? I could. Probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> but I could. Yeah. Um, okay. And now we've got our last question here. 
Yeah. So when we go into the last set of signs and symptoms about whether he's acting out or not, this is where it gets really sketchy. Sure. Because these signs can be, they can be signs of so many things. Yeah. But we'll just give them to you. Right. So, (laughs) so one of them we talk about is emotional variability. Mm -hmm. Well, my wife would say, I never knew which Mark was going to show up. Is he up? Is he down? Is he, is he excited? Is he depressed? Right. Oh yeah. Which which guy's going to show up? And I was all over the map on that. My wife talked about it, like spinning the wheel of fortune, but it was like with emotions, you know, she's like, (laughs) come on down. Which version of Steve are we going to get today? Which one are you going to (laughs) see? So that emotional variability, you'll see that as a big sign, you know, mood swings, um, lack of, lack of coping skills. Yes. You know, little things in life, setting, setting the guy off so that he erupts for something, you know, turning a mohill into Everest. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's another lack of coping skills with, with the regular stuff that hits us in life is, is another sign. Something to mention with that one too, with the coping skills piece, just to add to that is, isn't, and you used a really good term earlier, Mark, it's just kind of that immaturity when they do try to address things. Yes. Not that it's as simple as like, I mean, I think back on my own times when I would compensate. I never devolved quite to like, you're such a stupid head like I used to when I was like on the playground, but it probably wasn't too many steps above that. It's kind of, right? a, it's kind of a little older, ver- little older person's version of that. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for sure. Um, and then of course, we've already addressed this uh, here in the last few minutes, distorted views on sexuality, you know, what are healthy sexual norms? Um, where you can just tell something has changed in this guy, the way he's viewing, not just me and not just us in the bedroom, but the way he views others in general. Yes. And that was another thing that my wife could see where, you know, my humor would change to where it would become more sexual. My language could become more sexualized mm-hmm. the way I would talk about women and men and, you know, different kinds of sexual things. It just, it just would become more just uh, not me. Right. Yes. You just tell us, okay, something's going on here because he doesn't typically talk this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and again, guys, none of these are guaranteed signs, but they are all, you know, definitely serious red flags and things to look at, especially when you're dealing with somebody where, you know, you have a confirmed history of use. Um, it, you know, it, it, we, we never try to label one situation as all, but it is something to take a serious look at. And, and again, we feel for you wives who find yourselves in this position, navigating this process is hard enough when you have a partner willing to do it with you. Mm. But when you're trying to do this solo without somebody who's willing to open up and, you know, is kind of closed and, and you're sort of just navigating this yourself, we really do have a kind of a special empathy for that. These are not easy things to talk about or to look at, uh, but you do have to do what you, you need to do to keep you, your kids safe. And, 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 and work the very best that you can with it. Um, this week in dare to connect, we actually have, we're doing a two week long series on boundaries right now. Mm, And there's a reason why this topic is taking longer than anything we've ever done on there before is because it is complicated when you're dealing with somebody, even who's willing, much less a situation like this. Yeah. Much less secret. Yeah. And then of course we get into some pretty easy ones, you know, sexual, sexually aggressive. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, anytime it begins to cross that line, whether he's acting out or whether it's just, you know, he's <laughs> you and I joked whether he's just a narcissistic <laughs> jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we don't, and I don't say that uh, lightheartedly because I, I was uh, a jerk with narcissistic tendencies for a good part of my life. Yeah. Either way it's wrong. 
and and either way there needs there needs to be boundaries and stops put to that immediately yes but yeah sexual sexually aggressive assign here's a big one for for both you and me steve low self-esteem and, and low self-worth lots of guilt and shame yep absolutely not just around uh, the subject of sexuality and recovery, which often it could be if you bring up anything with us. Remotely approaching. Oh, yeah. Anything remotely approaching, questioning what I'm doing or not doing. If I'm in that, that uh, acting out cycle. Woo, why right? do you, why, hun, why do you, why do you like that TV show? I'm not looking at porn. You're looking at porn. Forget you. You know, like, <laughs> right. what are you talking about? Don't, don't accuse me of looking at porn. <laughs> I know, just defensive and just go. And I would go into my moping around, woe is me, loser mark, piece of crap mode. Yes. And my wife would tell you it was just miserable to be around me when I went into that place. Eorified. Eorified oh mark. Yes. Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. I suck. Life sucks. It's never going to change. Oh, what if we'd known each other back then when we were both <laughs> oh in Eeyore gosh, mode? That right? would have been a, that would have been a party. Oh, it's like a competitive contest whose life is more useless. <laughs> so again, uh, we're, we want to, we want to say once again, that none of the things we've talked about are guaranteed signs. You can never say, Oh, yep. I know what's going on. But if you weigh all of these things together, uh, and again, I, I encourage all of you, especially women listening, pay attention to your gut, pay attention to your intuition, pay attention to what that little inner voice is saying. Because if you weigh all these things together and, you know, one plus one plus one, you know, equals four, you're it's probably a pretty darn good chance you're on the right track. Yes, absolutely. In fact, this, uh, yeah, this coming week, we're going to, uh, we, you know, we, we always like to get new perspectives on this stuff. Uh, my wife's actually going to come on the Dare to Connect program. Oh, yeah, you are going to. Uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. Mm. And uh, yeah, she's going to come on and we're going to talk about, you know, I'm you're, sure that. You're going to talk about dis- Steve. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like I do a good job of crucifying myself on this podcast as it is, but <laughs> she, she, in the most loving way possible, can probably put it in even better vernacular than me. And, We'll yeah. be talking a little bit about our story of, of recovery. So it's kind of a cool perspective. We'd love to have you guys join us. Uh, come, come, come on in. The water's fine. We'd love to have you <laughs> be there. So anyway, guys, uh, have a great yeah. week. Thanks so yep. much for Good being to here. spend time with you and we'll see you next time on PBSE. Absolutely. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.